From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and joining us today from Argentina, Ann Shorling and Jonathan Ballou. And Jonathan, thanks very much for taking the time to chat. Thanks for talking with us. Thanks, George. So you're down in Argentina right now. Is this kind of an international relations trip, Ann? Um, it is a combination of things, but essentially we were invited by Martin, the director of Adidas, to, um, yeah, build relationship with Adidas and then making the world easier for some of our membership who work here and in the United States. So when you have a kind of a, a wide open invitation like that, what are your goals when you go down for a meeting like this, Jonathan? Oh, really good question. One that we ask ourselves that often. Um, honestly, this, this kind of trip is one of my absolute favorites because there, there aren't any real goals in the beginning. The goal actually is to figure out what the goal is. If you, um, um, you ever take a trip where you just sort of travel and wander around aimlessly, you set a, uh, you buy a plane ticket somewhere, you get off the plane and you just go there, knowing that if you spend enough time talking to people doing something, you will find exceptional value. And in doing so, sometimes you find some of the most amazing things just completely by accident because you didn't plan for anything. That's what these trips are kind of like. We end up meeting somebody on chance. In this case, it was Martin Basser in um, in Snowmass. I met him. We started talking. He knew me. I knew him. He used to be. He's a brilliant man. He's a um, uh, kind of an icon in the industry. He's the president of Adidas. He used to be the um, uh, president for the Americas for sorry, vice president for the Americas for ISIA, the International Ski Instructors Association. Who now that's Martin Jean from um, uh, from from the CSIA from Canada. Um, he made a run for president of ISIA last around, and he's been a real push in, in ISIA development um, over the last uh, 20 years or so. He's been the president of Adidas for 15 years or so, um, and he's been on the Presidium for Interski, blah, 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 all that. Anyway, he, um, he and I met. We knew each other by name, and we skied together, had a couple beers, and started talking. He said, you need to come to, um, to Berloche. And I would like to invite you and somebody from PSIA. So um, a formal invitation arose from that earlier this year. This was two years ago, by the way. And a formal invitation arose from that in March this year. Dave Shuley and I started talking to see who could go. And it was it ended up being Ann and myself um, on a, a kind of a, um, a discovery mission to see what we can do with the idea that just like some of the examiner exchange programs we do or the things we do like going to interski, what's exactly our goal? Our goal is to find value in international relationships. Very similar to what we do in China. What's exactly the value there? The value is opening mind to expanded thoughts and finding something you can bring back. And usually you find by being just open, you find a lot of things, some of gigantic value and some of, well, interesting. And Anne, I was just going to ask you what the value is in the international relations, especially in an inner ski year. This has got to be a lot of fun and very interesting for you. It is definitely both of those things. Um, it is the value. I think it, there's inherent value anytime um, any system compares itself to any other. So whether we do that between ski schools, between divisions, um, or between countries, because anytime 
we take our systems or our practices and compare them to someone else's, we're going to see differences. And either we're going to come back feeling more strongly that the way we do things is the way we want to do them, or we're going to come back feeling like, hey, there's an opportunity there that we could potentially take advantage of. Um, and so I think there's inherent value in that. For example, I wound up during the last week spending a, a decent chunk of time shadowing examiners and watching exams. And um, in Intermountain, we run into a challenge where um, we don't have enough examiners for the ratios we run with uh, people taking exams to um, run enough exams. And so we wind up having people on wait lists for a long time and letting them in at the last minute. And so we're trying to find ways to be more efficient in that process so we can allow more folks to enter the exam or the assessments. And um, here they run an assessment with two examiners and 30 candidates um, and uh, people have numbers like bibs with numbers on and they go through the ski path and they get numbers um, and it's very highly efficient and um, although they are evaluating a similar standard to what we're looking at they're doing it in a very different medium and the culture is different and so it creates opportunities to to question what we value in our system say the personal relationship that I develop with a candidate during an assessment um, versus what we potentially need to create for all of our candidates, which might be the opportunity for a candidate to enter into an assessment. Um, so that's just one example of, of value that's there in asking asking questions and seeing opportunities where maybe we haven't seen them before. Um, I'm not saying we're going to stick bibs on people and have 45 candidates and two, two examiners, <laughs> but, um, but it is an interesting comparison. And then I think there's also a ton of value in, we found ourselves a lot this week having casual discourse with um, members of Adidas about their the way they think about skiing, the way they think about the way we think about skiing. And there are a few significant discrepancies. Um, and for me, that has been really interesting in terms of my ability to speak more in a more sophisticated way about what it is that we do and why we do it and why um, it's different and valuable. Um, and I think in the past, I haven't had as much context for what other countries value and so have had a harder time comparing what we do to what someone else does. Does that make sense? And Jonathan or Anne, I, I just want you to clarify uh, what sounds kind of like a shoe company is actually the Argentina uh, Skiing Association, correct? Correct. We are not on a, uh, on, a, uh, on a diplomatic mission for creating new pro forms for sneakers. But Anne, do you want to talk about Adidas? Um, it is exactly that. It's the Argentinian Ski and Snowboard Organization. And Jonathan, I'm I'm sorry for making that little digression, but I just wanted to to make sure we were all clear. Um, but Jonathan, I'd like you to touch on on what Anne was talking about a little bit because you know I think about sliding on snow, and so often we we talk about the similarities uh, between snowboarding and skiing. And are there really differences uh, between our organizations from different countries and what we're teaching and how we're teaching it? Um. At the end, at the high level, like when we go to Ushuaia or there, when we went to Ushuaia for interski or St. Anton for interski or when we go to Bulgaria for interski this year, a lot of what we see is the similarity because what you're seeing is the very top end. Let's go a step beyond. Uh, you and I have talked about finding inspiration in, in skiers before and who we want to look for. And when we look at the people that we aspire to be, we look at some of those World Cup skiers and you look across uh, – the, the different people who are in the top 10 of the World Cup, they all look kind of the same. I mean, different body types, different personal morphologies, maybe slightly different intent and stylistic affectations. But 
they're coming in hundreds of seconds with the exception of a couple people who are exceptionally different but uh, as far as their speed but they're coming in hundreds of seconds off each other on the same equipment on the same course there isn't a lot of difference anymore in the top end and as we look at the um uh, the different teams with each other, with the exception of a few different groups. The Koreans have a different approach to skiing. The Japanese, the technical competitions, have a different approach to skiing. But the um, uh, a lot of the Alpine nations are are very very similar in their in their end output and and what they what they talk about at that really high level. But as you start to move away from that place, you do start to see some differences, like the difference between a a level one candidate or level one successful level one from one country to another varies widely. But think of it like a pyramid, right? The top of it, this little point, everybody comes together. But the way you get there is quite different, both in teaching methodology and in beliefs as to what skills need to need to be valued. Even in our own country, there are certain places across the country where we'd say the most important thing at one point, we're getting closer and closer and closer, in part because of things like this and creating relationships that break down our silos. But some parts of the country would have said, say, 10 years ago, the most important thing, first thing we do is teach to balance in the outside ski. Another part of the country might have said the most important thing we're going to do is, is, is make sure both edges or angles are parallel. Another part would say the most important thing is to say is that we're going to make sure that the legs turn under a stable upper body. Now, imagine the beginning like the cognitive level of skill set, the beginning level of skill set in each of those areas is going to produce a very different image. But by the time they get to the end, they've learned all the other fundamentals that go along with that, and they can manage the magnitude of force using all those things. They're going to look the same. But at the beginning, they're going to look really different. As we look at other countries, for example, Argentina, they have some very different ways they look at fore-aft pressure control than we do. We value a lot of movement along the length of the ski. They value a lot of staying right in the middle. We value a lot of leg rotation to get the ski to redirect and pivot. They do it a slightly different way with different actions of the feet on a different edge angle. At the top level, we went skiing with demo team members. It looks the same. But when we look at it, how it's being developed at the bottom, up through, the steps to get there are pretty wildly different. The important thing about trips like this and the casual conversations that um, uh, the off-topic, casual, bar-level conversations, coffee-level conversations that we're having with people, it's so important is if you really want to get into differences, you have to have a relationship. To talk about the similarities and try to come to agreement with people, I mean, most most people, we want to save face at things like Indersku. We want to present the best us we can. And so does the other nation we want to present the best us they can. And everybody wants to walk away with a good feeling. So in the absence of a really deep trusting relationship, we end up talking, having superfluous conversations about why we're kind of the same. And where it's really interesting is to get past that. Those relationships, those conversations build trust. They build relationships. But once you have those, then you can start to dig into the places where we might have more vulnerability. And that's the places where we are different. And being able to have a two-sided conversation about beliefs where um, we don't necessarily agree, but we can value each other, is where we start to gain things that we learn about others that make us reflect on ourselves and says, help us understand ourselves better, expand our thinking, and expand the way we look at skiing and teaching skiing or snow sports in this country. A lot of what we're doing here is creating relationships that create the trust where we can have those conversations. So let's say we go in a couple months or four, five months now, five months almost, where we go to uh, Bulgaria 
when we meet the same people, we've got these strong relationships, we can start to have much more interesting, deeper conversations that dissect the differences in values. We look at other countries and start to really compare how we view and how we value. And it changes and grows our understanding of how to teach people and how people move on skis. And, and uh, this is making me think, uh, Jonathan was talking about the pyramid and international uh, relationship building really is leading to developing our professionalism. And so what you're saying is that um, international relationship building helps to build our professionalism as an organization. Yes. Um, and um, I think that's inherently true. I think it's true anytime we build a relationship, especially a challenging one or one in which you might not agree, as Jonathan was saying. Um, and I also think it pushes us to ask questions, to try different things. Anytime, anytime I do what I'm already capable of doing, I don't learn anything. I might get better at the one thing I can do, but I, I won't diversify and I won't challenge myself. And anytime I have to ask myself a question that perhaps I haven't considered before or d disagree with, um, it forces me to explore and, and try something new. And in that, I'll be more likely to find something useful than in doing the same thing over and over again. You know, um, tagging on to what Ann said, I went to a presentation by Bud Keen a few years ago that I think it's his name, Bud Keen. He was Sean White's coach, snowboard, snowboard, uh, great, great, prolific snowboard coach. He, um, he made a statement that says, being a true professional means to learn everything about your profession, to have an attempt at mastery, to understand everything there is to know about your profession, which of course is impossible. But if you, if you, the further you get there, the more people you can reach with your information. And there's um, something that's always, and I've talked about this quite a bit this, um, this, uh, this week, uh, we get a lot of Argentine kids um, working in the, and young adults working in the US, be it on J-1 visas or what used to be, we used to be H-2B visas. Sometimes in some divisions, they still get H-2B visas. And they come and they enter into the PSI system with some qualifications from Adidas. And they move back and forth between the seasons because obviously these two countries are in opposite seasons. So it's a great opportunity for people to move back and forth. And they come in with a different skill set than we're used to. They are our membership. There's a piece of them that are our membership, and they're pursuing our certification parallel to Adidas certification. And it's always been curious to us as to how did they get that very different skill set on their way to a very similar skill set. And the more we understand it, hence coming down here and checking it out, the more we can relate to that group and understand how they got there and other people who get there similar ways to um, be more effective in the way we communicate and teach and develop people. Some interesting examples of what Jonathan was just talking about are came out in watching the assessments the other day. And um, first of all, at every single level, they value the simultaneous transition of edges to a relatively high edge angle pretty highly. Um, and they also assess candidates from the very lowest level all the way up on a short radius dynamic turn, and which we... Um, my reflection in watching this was that they tend to value athleticism and dynamicism from a very low level. And we tend to value precision from a very low level. And so we ask for a higher caliber of performance in a lower performance turn, whereas they value a higher performance turn and uh, a lower, in, in those turns, they'll ask for a lower level of performance because of the difficulty of the task. And so what we find is that the difference, yeah, there's that obvious difference between our candidates at a level two, say, where our candidates come in 
comfortable with a high level of performance and intermediate level tasks, and their candidates come in comfortable with a, a much more difficult task, per, perhaps, but um, with a lower uh, lower level of precision throughout their tasks. Now, in conclusion, I, I'm just getting so much of the vibe from both of you that I felt when I was uh, talking to you at team training last year and asking what you're going to be working on to improve in your skiing and teaching. And everybody I talked to on the national team, I was so impressed. There was not a bit of hesitation. You're always looking to improve. And uh, it sounds like the same thing is going on now. Not once have you said we went down there to teach them something. You went down there to learn. Completely. Absolutely. Speaking from the perspective of being an interskier and something Rogan and a lot of us have been talking about and what we want to present of ourselves at interski that we have not necessarily presented as much of in the past and something that this group is really good at is, um, you know, we, we talk about, um, uh, we look for ski performance, similar ski performance, similar, uh, uh, fundamental applications, but we're not as concerned as an organization about discipline, about consistency and image, we're more about consistency and fundamental input, but not about how we look. Um, we don't have a specific image. Um, the last interski, and something I get from demo team members quite regularly, is, uh, well, what does good skiing look like in the U.S.? Well, it doesn't look like any one thing. It's this very broad spectrum of things. Here, there is a very specific way Adidas chooses to ski for examination format. It does not negate a broad spectrum of ways to ski, but because they have a specific model, their team, their examining team, all the way down to their candidates have a similar image and a similar um, body performance. It's very it's very accurate in how the body's carried. It's very disciplined, specific in arm carriage, creates tremendous amount of upper body stability and accuracy in how the edge is tipped, um, where some of those things, for the sake of fundamentals, we might ditch some of that accuracy in um, in discipline, but not accuracy in intent. One of the things we're looking for in, in interski is more of that similarity. We want to be able to show that we can show an image. We want to be able to show that we can ski in a very disciplined way. So that's really interesting to see a group that has moved that's moved probably a little further along that path than we currently are, and seeing there's an aspect of that, not all of that, but there's an aspect of that that we want to be able to emulate and have a kind of a target to head towards. And One of my earlier conversations with their um, technical director was he was commenting that initially they only had a ski selection for their um, demo team tryout, and they're actually considering adding a teaching selection to their next tryout because they want to be able to have people who can more effectively bring information back from interski. Um, and so while they get a high level of skiing and a high level of consistency there, what they're, what they're missing out on is the ability to deliver the information as well as they think they can. Um, and so their processes will wind up reflecting ours in other ways more similarly. Well, and Jonathan, I sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. I know you've got a meeting coming up in just a couple of minutes. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, George. Joining us from Argentina, and Shorling and Jonathan Ballou from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.